1: It's time for The Deuce with Jimmy Chavez on 1620 The Zone. All the headlines you need in two minutes or less.
2: Still riding the high of the cocaine bear watch party. Creighton women's basketball takes Next their... Thursday s- night. I, I can't wait. You're high? I can't. the The idea was born in this room, and that's the best part about it. Creighton women's basketball, the best part about their season and things are going well would be if they can win tonight, they take their six-game winning streak on the road at sixth-ranked UConn. Creighton 18-6 and overall, 12-4 and in the Big East. They are 11-2 and on the road this season. That's the best road mark under Jim Flannery. The Huskies have been decimated by injuries all season, but they're still UConn, 22-4 and overall and 14-1 and in the Big East. They lost to Marquette. That's a down not year. Not a long ago. Yeah, it's a down year, so they'll end up in Elite eight or something like that. Tip off is six o'clock. That's a big one. Nebraska women's basketball. It's a big one in their own right tonight at Minnesota. The Huskers hope the Gophers are just the tonic they need. It's been a rough uh, season for Gopher basketball of any kind. They are nine and 16 and just two and 12 in the Big Ten. Huskers 14 and 11, six and eight in league play. They're now very much on the bubble, but they're also in every game. So they're right there. The contest tips off at the barn a little bit about after seven o'clock. The Eagles are looking for two new coordinators. Tough week for them. Lose the Super Bowl, lose your coordinators. The Arizona Cardinals have hired offen- or defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon as their new head coach. They announced it yesterday. Received a five-year contract. The move comes two days after the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. His defense gave up 24 second-half points, letting a 10-point halftime advantage slip away. They'll have a parade in Kansas City today as a result. The other two finalists for the job, Cincinnati Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo. And Giants offensive coordinator, Kafka. Meanwhile, the Colts have hired offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. He beat out 13 other candidates. That could have been a reality TV show of its own. He presented the Colts with a detailed plan for addressing the quarterback position with the Colts poise to select one of the top college prospects in the upcoming draft. Maybe Bryce Young? Hmm? That could be good. Uh,
0: Good young coaches, though. By the way, you mentioned Minnesota basketball. Men and women are on the struggle bus. Like, that's a must-win tonight for Nebraska. Women's basketball, they're on the bubble, so they have to win that game. Minnesota women have lost six in a row. Keep an eye, so the tragedy in East Lansing at Michigan State University, Minnesota and Michigan State were supposed to play tonight, but all activities are postponed for the entire week on the campus as they deal with that tragedy. Ben Johnson yesterday on his radio show was asked about if the game will be rescheduled. He did not know, but he intimated that it could involve another school and a game that could be moved. Nebraska is scheduled to host Minnesota next week on Saturday, and Nebraska may be approached to have that game moved. And I hope Trev says, I can't hear you. Got a bad connection. (laughs) Hangs up the phone. So... Keep an, keep an eye on if they reschedule that game, because they may not reschedule the game. Yeah. But if they do, there's got to be another team that's involved potentially to move according to the Minnesota coach, and I got the feeling that he was talking about the Nebraska game. Yeah, so Nebraska was already accommodating Northwestern. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, do I, I, would, I would hope Nebraska would say, you know what, you don't give us many weekend home games, Yeah. we're good, yep. we're good, we'll welcome in Minnesota on a Saturday
1: and you know what i'm sorry for people like well come on that's a classless look for nebraska because of why the game was canceled look it, it
0: the it's big not their problem the big
1: 10 can maneuver around this okay they've they had to do this multiple times for more than a year they can figure this one out i, I thought again i did not like the northwestern part of it and i know the circumstances were different I felt, and we talked about this before, I thought Nebraska was too accommodating on that. And, hey, good for them, but probably not necessary. There are ways to work this around. There, there are, and I just feel like for Nebraska, you don't, you don't need to do this again. You did your one salad for the Big
0: Ten this year. All right, next hour, Evan Porter, uh, Lance Arville, Omaha, Nebraska baseball, respectively. Uh, last night, Creighton and Providence here on the zone. Uh, a really fun game. I'm not, I'm not saying that because of the result. It was a fun game to watch. The, those are two really good basketball teams. That felt like a March, felt like a second weekend game. I mean, back and forth, there were minor runs here and there. You know, the, the end of regulation, the end of overtime, and then the second overtime, which got away from Creighton because they were out of gas. Uh, you know, not, not the most high-level basketball, but I think there is something that is proven every single night Creighton takes the floor. Consensus MVP of the year is Ryan Kalkbrenner, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Trey Alexander is a dude, yeah. and he'll get you a bucket. And everybody kind of has their moments, like a Shireman and a Kaluma, mm-hmm. which you are riding the art roller coaster right now. Yeah. And of course, Nemhard. Yeah, he's but but consensus. Yeah, consensus across the board. Ryan Kalkbrenner is the MVP for Crate. Well, look what they were without him. Well, last night their offense just it, yeah. it stalls mm-hmm. when he is not on the floor. But here's another case of of Kalkbrenner, and you know, I'm, I'm going to be curious when we get in a month when they start announcing All-Big East teams, how much Creighton representation is on the All-Big East teams. You know, Kalkbrenner, first team All-Big East. Yeah. I, how is he not? Here's just another example. So, and 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 he wasn't fantastic last night. Um, I mean, when you get the ball three to five feet away from the rim, he's basically unstoppable. But when we go out about 12 feet away and he's got to back down, back down, crab dribble, crab dribble, crab dribble, it's not as successful as it's been. But when he is on the floor, Creighton is about 63% at the rim. When he's not on the floor, they're at about 52% Mm. at the rim. He's a complete game changer on both ends of the floor. And last night just reiterated the point that, to me, he's the consensus MVP on a team that you would have four other guys that at moments could make a case, but the guy in the middle wearing number eleven is by far the MVP for Creighton, and I don't think it's going to change in the next month.
1: You can go a six game stretch or a six minute stretch of his absence, and I think it speaks for him, it speaks for itself. You can you can watch what he does when he's in the game, but then also watch how valuable he is when he's not in the game.
0: Uh, and, their and offense just. Completely different when he's it not is. on the floor, like it was last night. They stalled when he went to yeah. the bench, right? And then when he came right, right back in, they looked like normal again. Yeah,
1: and I, I would, I, I'm thinking, yeah, Trey Alexander is another guy that you, you can have a really good conversation about when it does come to that. If you were going into the season and talking about the guys that were really going to shine, I think everyone knew Cal Brenner, You know, coming off the injury, should be okay. But I think a lot of people would have circled Arthur Kaluma as well. Uh, you know, given the way that he finished the season, a lot of NBA potential there too. I mean, you, you felt like okay, this he's going to kind of take the game to the next level, and the, the the roller coaster the wave is is a good way to describe it. That's just kind of been his season. But when he has it going on, yeah, I mean he's he's one of the best out there. So, but yeah, I, I think Brenner More importantly, what he does defensively too, it just changes so much on what teams want to do, especially inside. It, it's it's geared around that, so and teams want teams would love to have that, and so yeah, I, I think you know what you're gonna the major advantage offensively is, but I think defensively too is where you can really kind of feel that presence even more so when he's not in.
0: Can you imagine if Creighton would have won the game last night on the uh, the Shireman, lob to the rim on Coloma. Would have been pretty sweet. During the COVID year, was it Seton Hall or Providence that they won the game on a dunk? It was Christian Bishop. It might have been, might have been Providence. I think it was either you know, Providence or Seton Hall. They won the game on a dunk. They could have won the game on a dunk last night. Yeah. Uh, Creighton is off until Saturday. I th- think they stayed on the East Coast because they play in New York City against uh, St. John's, who survived last night in uh, double overtime. All right, we have kind of we haven't tracked down the audio, but I have the transcript of the interaction <laughs> between the New- Rutgers basketball fan and the beloved Kent Pavelka who is a national treasure, or maybe not national. I'm sure KP gets under some people's skin. Sure. But to us around here, we must protect. He's Kent's a state at all, treasure. At all At the very costs. least, state treasure. So this happened before Hoiberg got to the postgame show. <laughs> now, they told Hoiberg about it on the air, and so he responded. I'll get to that in a moment. But Jake Muhlheisen says to Kent, and at the Jersey Mike's arena, you are up off the floor, so you are halfway up on the side across from the team benches. Yeah. So you're essentially in the crowd, but not in the crowd. If you've ever seen but the Bob very, Devaney Sports yeah, Center, you, the old yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: where they had sort of the secondary media section in yeah. the crowd, that's pretty much you're the same very thing. accessible.
0: Yeah. So fans leaving the arena are going to walk right by the radio guy. You know, and Kent doesn't look like Jerry Recco, who's the Rutgers play-by-play <laughs> guy. So Jake says to Kent last night on the air. Did you just get the double bird? Kent says, "I should have yelled, will you be my Valentine?'" <laughs> there
2: now, you go. and and finally, we we have it. If I can get the computer to cooperate right. here, uh, <laughs> give give me like
1: twenty okay, seconds because so, the vo- so, I got to hear the voice when he says it. Yeah, that. so it's,
2: it's good.
0: Then Hoiberg comes on the post game show, and they're all excited. Yeah, and they're talking about the game. And then Pavelka tells Hoyberg about getting the double bird, and Hoyberg, in very dry Fred humor, says, "Proud of you, bud." <laughs>
1: yes, Pr- proud of you, bud.
0: Jimmy, this is the most anticipated. <laughs> it really, it really is. Since we opened up Capone's vault,
1: <laughs> I mean, we can we can give you the transcript, but it's not going to do it justice at all.
0: I mean, there's something. I don't know it's a white man move to go with the bird. Yeah, it's a New Jersey man move to go double bird. Double bird, yeah. Like I've gotten that once or twice, usually at like South Dakota State. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Well, you know, at least I didn't give it back. The younger Gary would have been. Yeah, giving you, it right back. You'd have been reactive. Yeah. I. That's just <laughs> why. Why. Double bird the play-by-play guy. Now, Kent can get really excited, yeah. and Kent stands up during the game. Yep. And you would think that Kent is either coaching or he's cheering. Right. Which he does a little bit of both on the radio, well, which th- makes him special. Th-
1: think about it, When your team is losing a game, and you sometimes zero in on a fan because they're really enjoying the fact that their team's winning, but you're interpreting that as they're enjoying the fact that your team is losing or that you are losing and you're miserable. So then they are going to direct that anger towards right. the loudest person and I'm sure someone near the broadcast area probably heard cat a few times.
2: And this time we have a fix so they'll hear it on the stream. Excellent.
1: I believe this is a first, Jake. Uh, it was 1981, I think, when Nebraska went into Columbia Knocked off 19-0 Missouri, and I was by myself, didn't have an analyst with me. I got to be fearful for my equipment because the antlers were throwing stuff at me. That was, that was you know, number one. But now, this is an all-timer. We just got flipped off. The, the, the double, double bird. bird. By fans leaving the game, you well, and me. Well, we're, I'm I'm right on the aisle, basically. And I'll say the equivalent of B section at Devaney, right? And Kent's yelling, got it. This guy turns and faces me and screams basically in my face. <laughs> and, then, and then Kent waves him by and he gives us the double bird. It's not very Valentine's day s by that Rutgers fan. Oh, man, that's the greatest line of the night. No. <laughs> but, I should have yelled, will oh my, you be my Valentine? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Well, I love the, Ugh. That's my favorite part. See that wasn't in the transcript. We didn't have the. Ugh! Oh, God
0: bless them. God bless you, KP. Uh, in the Equitable Bank inbox, uh, Bellevue West Joey uh, responds. I think uh, I. I wonder if I will see Joey on uh, Saturday night at Baxter Arena. Hoops. Well, it'll be a Bellevue West night. You got the Fiddlers and William Kyle the Third. Will be. There as well. That's,
1: an, that's a primetime
0: tip, huh? 7.05, baby. All right. Hey, all right. Red Panda's coming to uh, the Ooh. South Dakota Ooh. Omaha the, the game tomorrow night. And then they're having a big uh, big gathering. Should be a huge crowd. There usually nice. is for South Dakota State. Yeah. Which, a lot of uh, Yesterday, lot of Jack, was, Jack yesterday was the uh, anniversary, what, oh, five-year anniversary of Mitch on You know what? South Dakota
1: State. I was still doing PA uh, for UNO men's basketball at that time. I wasn't at that game because I had Husker baseball. And I was watching that game. Your call, by the way, which was epic. Uh, that was the, the, if there was one game that I wanted to be doing the PA for, that was the one that wasn't there.
0: Four, uh, four years ago uh, yesterday. The shot. Was the was one of the best games, uh, college basketball games that we've ever seen in the city. Uh, but Bellevue, U.S. Joey, I hope I see him on uh, Saturday night. I think in my opinion, this is about Nebraska basketball, I think in my opinion what we are seeing with the Huskers better play is the fact that they have an identity. Having an identity sets an expectation for everyone on a team so that when you have injuries, for example, it's going to be 100% next band up, and the next guys know what their role is and what is expected of them. So good on the team for buying in, Hoiberg for adjusting and finding that identity. It's fair. Joey also says, love that guy talking about KP and his response to yeah. finding out that he got double bird by a Rutgers fan. I just love um, hey Hoiberg has been forced to kind of get out of his comfort zone. Yeah. And there are certain things over the last four games. Well, go a little bit further back to when you lost Gary and Bandomil. and all of a sudden you had to adjust guys' minutes. I like last night, here, I think Fred is, is has done a is on a better run of in-game stuff with rotations. You know who we talked about yesterday coming off of his performance again against Wisconsin? Kada. Yeah. Hey. Plays K to 23 minutes, 11 rebounds against Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Who is that guy? Yeah, his offense eventually will come, but if he can give you defensively. Yeah. So what happened last night? Last night he wasn't good early on. He had a short leash, and it was gots to go. You're yep. coming to sit next to me. And I think Fred has done a better job with, a, with down two starters in his rotation and guys that either in games have their minutes cut or have their minutes increased. I think it would be tough to figure out the role for Breidenbach, yep. because what Breidenbach are you going to get every single night? Because he can be a liability, especially if he's not shooting the basketball very well. You can't have him out there on the floor. Right. But then all of a sudden he's making a th- he made a key three yeah. last night. I think Fred has done a better job of figuring out guys' minutes. Like he punched the right button in having C.J. Wilcher start. Mm-hmm. C.J. Wilcher was brought to Nebraska to make buckets. CJ Wilcher hasn't been making buckets, and it affects all of his game. Now, good on him. And I watched his body language against Wisconsin; he wasn't playing in quality minutes in that game, but he wasn't moping. Yeah, he was, which would have been I, they, very easy to do. Absolutely, so he was engaged. Yep. So last night, coming home, hey, you're in the starting lineup. And I was like, well, do you have to go get the milk carton and peel him off the milk uh, carton and put him on the floor? And what did he do? He had a bounce back, good game. response. Now, he may not do that on Sunday against Maryland. But right now, like Tominaga, Hoiberg is on a heater of pushing the right buttons on guys that should be playing and guys that need to come off the floor when they're not playing well.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up about Wiltshire. That was one of the things I noticed too. He was into the game on the bench. And for a guy that has been in the starting lineup who is maybe then another night, maybe only plays three minutes, like that is not something that you typically see players respond positively to. And. You could tell he was genuinely in the game as that comeback is taking place too. Like he was one of the first guys off the bench. You could see him fully engaged. Like that was awesome to see. And then for his response yesterday, like that was great. Like and that it does tell you a lot about where that team is right now. And this kind of goes back to I know it's 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 sort of a cute thing to bring up with the undeniable progress, but this is goes all the way back to what was discussed in the offseason of what Fred had to kind of figure out with the roster he had and finding a little bit more of that defensive identity. You can tell that Trev understood that wasn't going to be really easy based on everything that Fred has kind of known when it comes to a coaching identity. So I always feel like maybe there has been a much longer leash as long as the thing wasn't just an absolute dumpster fire. And then now you're starting to see just a little bit more of – the reward of kind of sticking with that. But yeah, I think there's definitely something to be said about less on the bench. I mean, think about Blaise Kada He got his opportunity in that Wisconsin game and the first ever game ball in the Fred Hoiberg era because it wasn't Derek Walker's in foul trouble. It's because Derek Walker went playing good. And then all of a sudden you reinsert him into the lineup with Blaise Kada and it worked against Wisconsin with their lineup. So yeah, I would agree
0: that the buttons are being successfully pushed right now with Fred. And And as this unfolds in a month to go in the season, you'll have to figure out what part of what is happening right now is sustainable to next year with a roster that could look somewhat different, especially at the top end with your guys. You're going to lose Greasel and Walker. We appreciate Derek Walker around here. I think people in the Big Ten appreciate him because Nebraska is not a national basketball brand. People probably don't get to see Derek Walker. Derek Walker every night deserves an appreciation post. And it's not 16 points. He has, and he's a focus of a lot of defense, and there are times where he makes some head-scratching turnovers because he gets pressured and he gets Mm -hmm. double-teamed and he wants to get rid of the basketball right away. But last night, his ability to be a facilitator, whether when he needed to score and put the ball on the floor against Amorey and and get to the uh, cup, or... Just simply as a big man, the ability to pass the basketball, yeah, which is so underserved in the game of basketball. And I know it sounds weird. There's dribbling, there's pass, there's passing, there's shooting, but big men passing the basketball, oh, they wore my cockles. And Derek Walker, like that, he's he's very under. I, we appreciate him, but I I still think he's very underappreciated in what he yeah. does. All right, seven fifty one. Evan Porter is going to join us after the uh, top of the hour. Omaha baseball coach. He's going to take us uh, out to Los Angeles uh, for the weekend. So we can watch Omaha Good. and UCLA baseball Good. in some warm weather, and we'll go surfing. watch the Genesis. Hey, open. one of the big – yes. Man, I can't quit Tiger. Oh, I love me some Tiger. Big cat this weekend. I watched that video of him swinging yesterday. Hmm, maybe double-figure times. Yeah, I don't think he'll play well this weekend because yeah. it's going to be cooler weather, and he doesn't necessarily play well there. Yeah. But all I care about is a weekend in August mm-hmm. or in April in a, at Augusta. And, you, he... and, and maybe a weekend in August that he's still playing. He alluded to as well. You gotta enjoy it while it lasts I can't, I can't quit the, him.
1: The Masters. I'm uh, with you. The Tiger appearances in the Masters uh, might be coming to an end. Uh, no sooner rather I, than
0: later. I, hey, I can't. I can't quit Tiger. But uh, <laughs> Omaha is at UCLA. Last time they were in that stadium, that was a pretty big moment yep. for uh, Omaha baseball. there in the NCAA tournament in 2019. Uh, Lance Harville as well. Big year for Nebraska baseball as they open up on the West Coast in uh, San Diego. It's mornings with Sharpen Handley on 1620 The Zone.